You are listening to Chaos on the Set, a chaotic TV and film review podcast. Today we are covering the long-awaited, uh, long-anticipated, long-dreaded, wh- however you may describe it, um, movie Don't Worry Darling. Your regular hosts, me, Shruti, and Kate are here today, but we also have two very, no. very special guests joining us. I'm sorry, you just said well, me, Shruti, and Kate. <laughs> I meant like me, comma, Shruti, comma, Kate. Okay, I thought you you were <laughs> counting yourself twice, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm not that narcissistic, should we start? The gall. No, it's kind of funny. All right, well then we'll continue. Um, let's introduce our first special guest, our returning guest. She's joined us to discuss the Princess Diaries. She's joined us to discuss Bridget Jones's diary. But now for the first time, we're taking out the diary and actually taking out any autonomy given to women altogether. Um, Lexi. Hey, everyone. We're starting off unhinged, folks. Lexi, thank you for joining us. Uh, Kate texted me actually while I was in my Don't Worry Darling screening saying, Lexi wants to be on the podcast. She has thoughts. Would you care to expand on why you were so desperate to come break break down this movie with us? Desperate. Wow. Jesus, true. Um, I don't mean desperate for us. I mean, I often after I watch something, I get very excited to discuss yes. it. And that's what I meant. And I feel like I've been discussing this movie for the weeks leading up to its premiere. And then the week following, I was just in this rage. Um, but yeah, I, I saw it opening night, Dolby theater uh my screening ended with someone going are you kidding me and i felt like (laughs) i was seen and yeah i'm excited to discuss it i'm sad there aren't any diaries involved i wish there was a diary so we can know what um these characters were thinking but i would have loved to read florence pew's diary yeah that's why i need a diary of the actors on the set um but yeah (laughs) i'm excited to join y'all for another chaos on the set episode Yes, thank you so much for coming back. And then to introduce our second guest, first time appearing on Chaos on the Set, but it's my coworker Haley. Haley, I asked you months ago what you would want to come on the podcast to discuss, and although you will one day come on to discuss The Sopranos. And Climax. And Climax, maybe. Um, <laughs> Don't Worry Darling was also high on that list. Why was Don't Worry Darling so high on your list? Well, as you know, we work together, and a lot of the times when we should be working, we're also just looking up entertainment news. And to that extent, the amount of entertainment news that has come out for this movie alone is preposterous. And part of the reason why I wanted to come on, because there's so much involved in it and so much complexity with this movie, even however your thoughts, however you feel about it. Um, There's lots to discuss. Um, So, yes. Also, as someone who is definitely a Harry Styles fan, um, (laughs) he he may have subtracted a couple brownie points after this movie, but I'm not saying I'm disappointed. I'm just a little sad from it, from him. But other than that, I'm excited to talk about this. There's a lot to dig in. Um, Kate, you asked me to spoil the movie before you went into it because you were so scared about (laughs) specifically bloodiness and goriness. I was like, it's not bloody. It's just bad. (laughs) But what did you end up thinking after you got out of the movie? Well, I closed my eyes during both scenes that you warned me about. So I had a pleasant time not seeing any violence. Thank you so much, Shruti. Um, uh, are you asking me, like, how I felt about it in general or how I felt about the violence in it? Because you're right, it was minimal, but... Well, well how would you feel about it generally? Um, you know, like, there were parts <laughs> where it did hook me and I was like, oh, I'm really vibing with this, I want to know more. 
But then there would be parts where the execution felt a little off, and I was left with, you know, more questions than answers. And I think that's frustrating, because I think the premise that they had could have been really, really great. It was interesting that, like, she was in a simulation and oh am i spoiling whoops yeah well, i mean we're going full spoiler we'll put it in the like the description of the podcast so yeah go yeah. go go away i mean go yeah, ahead I mean, <laughs> go away oh spoiler. okay bye guys um no but there were moments where i was like okay i see what they're doing here and i like it and then someone would open their mouth and i'd be like oh it's, it's ruined mostly harry <laughs> sorry harry <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) I mean, I feel like the fundamental problem of the movie and what I've heard a lot of criticism is like the movie thinks that nobody watching the movie even thinks a twist is coming. So it can be as slow and like actually treat the audience like it's stupid when the audience is fully ahead of the movie the whole time. Do y'all agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I saw a tweet and made so much sense. It was like if the movie it just started halfway through like, the point halfway through, I guess, where she's, uh, someone died. I don't know what what even the halfway point is at this point. But then had an extra 30 minutes then tagged to the end, that would have, I think, given the audience a better ending. Because I'm not against open endings. I'm not against making the audience, like, wonder and think. But I think it's like Kate said, they thought that the audience was too dumb to catch on that, like, Clearly, this is something weird, but also because they make it seem like that from the trailers and from like, yeah, I mean, I think you can. I think if you don't want to watch this movie, you don't have to. You can just watch the trailer (laughs) and then watch the last half hour because the first hour and a half is just weird things happening with no like actual um, escalation of the things like I, I really hated that I was hearing comparisons to this movie after I watched Don't Worry, Darling, but I'm just going to say it because I think it does work to compare this movie to Get Out. Just bear with me. Just bear with me. Mm. I see Because I think Get Out is obviously a more brilliant movie in every single aspect, especially because while Get Out has Daniel Kaluuya in this atmosphere where he's realizing things are weird and asking questions about them, the weird things that are happening actually has symbolism to it. Like, the deer he kills at the beginning of the movie comes back later. When he flashes Lakeith Stanfield and he comes out of this trance like that has meaning to it when Florence Pugh breaks an egg and it's empty that doesn't have any fucking meaning to it it's right. just or weird things happening around her head it's just all trailer yeah. moments like they're just and, all trailer moments and you know what you bring up get out uh, the piece of media that I kept thinking about watching this movie was severance which we covered on this podcast Interesting. um because I think like there was also a lot of symbolism in severance where we didn't necessarily like we still don't have some answers for severance but severance is getting a season two and don't worry darling hopefully it's not getting a sequel i mean but it was frustrating to like yeah i see like she's cracking eggs and there's nothing inside you know she's getting squished against her windshield or whatever she sees a plane go down and we don't know where that plane went and it's like well what is the meaning of this we'll never know I feel like maybe the best way to really get into this movie and maybe even talk about the potential it had and how it could have been better if we know the twist going in is to go through these plot beats and talk about how we could have expanded on them if people just knew the twist ahead of time. How does that sound to y'all? Great. Buckling in, darling.
Alright, starting off the plot, this is just the basic premise. When we start our story, we meet Alice, Florence Pugh's character, and Jack, Harry Styles' character, living in an idyllic town in 1950s America. Alice tries to get Jack to stay home with her all day, but he says he has to go to work, and then he leaves the house, and we basically see all of the husbands in this neighborhood all leaving their house at the exact same time and driving off to work together. After they drive off to work, the women clean the house, chill by the pool, make dinner, go to weird dance classes. That's basically the setup of their day-to-day in this town. Let's pause here, because I would love to ask y'all what you think the dance class, this ballet class that they all go to together is. When they intro the ballet class, they have this really weird tracking shot where the instructor walks in and you like see her is like examining the faces of it. It's like definitely unsettling, but again, it's just like an unsettling shot to what? Be unsettling? Like I don't see what the point was there. To introduce Gemma Chan, of course. <laughs> As Wait, like no, a but villain. that wasn't Gemma Chan. Gemma yes, Chan was. She's the instructor. Yeah, she's the instructor. Uh, yeah, she's I the instructor. Remember. I think this movie did not use Gemma. That was its number Oh, wasted. One no, they they did not utilize her. Um you know, I saw this movie with my roommate Liz and she mentioned they they had that long shot that's like an a, vil- a villain is approaching shot and then had like this creepy music playing with her approach. So um unsure why, because I don't I still don't know if Gemma Chan was a villain, but that's for later. Yeah, I well, you brought up another point. The score. I'm just going to say this now at the top. Ugh, the score was it. so obvious and annoying. I hate that. Like, like, the easiest choices of songs from, like, the 50s era? Well, well, not even that. Like, the soundtrack. Like the sound effects. The so- oh, like, yeah. yeah, just, like, the sound effects like, and, like, it's, like, you're supposed to feel uneasy and tense about this. I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, stop and turn down the volume. Like, we get mm-hmm. it. Like, it was just no, it was, there was no subtlety. And, again, if that was, like, on purpose or not, I don't know. But it's just, like. I think it backfired. Yeah. Like, it was just no subtlety. The dance class, which, fun fact, the cinematographer for this movie was also the cinematographer on Black Swan. So That makes so much sense. So literally, I feel like Olivia Wilde's like, oh my god, you filmed ballet scenes before that were, like, all crazy. Do you want to do that again? But it, it's just, like, I guess it was, like, what's an activity that we can get a group of women in one room to look uniform? And I guess well, it's kind of a symbolism of, like, women staying in their place and being told to, like have to be up to a certain standard which okay but then have that come in more instead of just like ridiculous um out of all like the dance forms i think that ballet is definitely one of the more stricter ones it requires a certain level of precision and like gracefulness also like femininity as well i think it's definitely one of the dance or art forms that encourages people to be of a thin or nature and to be not fragile but to be more graceful that's why like black swan and swan lake like the lines and hitting that was so perfect and definitely when they're practicing their positions when they first walk in from when i did ballet when i was very young like it's very repetitive and so i think that part of the routine is something that they're like oh what is the least scary thing for our wives to do during the day well we don't have to worry about it and they can just go and it'd be repetitive and be a routine for them I will say when I was watching it, this is when I didn't know the twist, but like obviously I knew something was going on because I've seen a movie before. Um, mm-hmm. 
It was like the way that the motions kept rotating, it felt almost hypnotic. And I assumed that they were all under some hypnosis, uh, hypnosis. Sorry, I pronounced that weird. But some hypnosis where like repeating this dance motion keeps them under the hypnosis almost. So they have to go to the dance class to keep this like, you know, thing going, which could also track because if you'll notice, Olivia Wilde's character, Bunny, who, spoiler alert, knows about the simulation the whole time, isn't in the dance class. So... Maybe she doesn't need to be there because she doesn't need the hypnosis. Again, this is all us being very charitable (laughs) to the movie. Yeah, Yeah, you're doing a lot of work for Miss Wilde here. But, like, it makes sense because, like, yeah, I think I know know personally I let that kind of go. Um, Yeah, and then the other, is it Margaret, Kiki Lane's character? Yeah, I think that's her name. She's not in it, but, again, I guess she's also coming under the guise of, like, there's something wrong which we'll discuss but she's she's my next paragraph in this plot summary if we want to pivot to there okay so we learn of this one woman margaret who lost her son after taking him out to the desert but she insists that um the victory project took her son basically as punishment this kind of tracks for me because we find out at the end that the kids aren't real so i guess taking the son out to the desert cause some glitch where like then the sun could no longer exist my bigger issue is that if the kids aren't real in the simulation then why do the wives have to be real (laughs) like why can't they just code everyone and then not be you know taking all these women against their will but you know that's a larger question for later i guess (laughs) um yeah they they underutilize kiki lane for sure i feel like i i feel like i wish her character had interacted more with Florence's character um she dies very early in the film well, what is that like 20 minutes in I mean so not in? to get into the drama early but Kiki Lane did post on Instagram saying that a lot of her scenes were cut so oh. I mean what do y'all think do you think that we get to see more of Margaret's unraveling or like what what did we miss I think there's a world because again Dakota Johnson was supposed to be this role and she was forced to drop out Due to filming The Lost Daughter. So, with Which, that. Dakota Johnson, you lucked out so hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, she. Phenomenal choice. Yeah, she, she knew the right. She knew what to do. But, like, with that, I don't think that size of a role would have been the same with Dakota Johnson in that part. Mm. So, that's why I agree that, sure, I totally believe Kiki that there were more scenes that she filmed that probably would have set up her character and her character's integration into the society because immediately she's just, like, a martyr. But we don't even see that beyond that party of, like, being at Chris Pine's house of, like, when she's actually involved with everyone. It's just either them talking about her being crazy or, like, that. And I felt we were robbed of seeing someone change. And I guess they wanted us to then feel that crushing pressure with, Florence's character however also too I will make it about race I think it sucks that it's the black character in the film that like is killed off so early in the movie and like but also is the catalyst but then we don't have a proper you know it's it's the catalyst at the like sake of like Florence Pugh's story I don't know It, it seemed fucked to me um and yeah and then I just felt like it was poorly executed of having her be someone that 
moves the story along and like kind of causes that light bulb to go off but it's also like by chance Florence was the one to see her kill herself basically I don't know it just seemed odd it just seemed very forced it did seem forced it felt like why did we stop just there and like what else happened it felt like an open-ended question like as to what happened to her character and I know some of us have this is not the first iteration of don't worry darling there's an original uh blacklist script that went out three years ago I think or it may have been out for longer than that. I think it was the 2019 blacklist script. But some of us here have read it. Um, and there, the differences between the blacklist script and the, the script that is in theaters right now is so vast. I said to Shruti, it feels like they put the original script in the wash a couple times and like, <laughs> and then put it on screen. Because um, there's so many details that I truly think would have made this better. And I think one of the biggest takeaways I got from comparing it is that well, their names are different also in the original script. All yeah. of the names are different. Um, but the Alice character, she's aware of something going wrong much sooner than the Alice you see in the film. And I think that, unfortunately, I think Kiki Lane's character was one of the ones that like catalyzed her into thinking, oh, there is something wrong. I'm not crazy. But in the original script, she was kind of finding that out on her own, I think, to a certain extent, a little bit more. Which so, would have been okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they didn't need to needlessly kill off a character to make her realize something was weird i mean isn't it like before you know um margaret even dies isn't isn't um alice like breaking the eggs and they're empty and she's I don't just think like that's happened yet but i oh, could be wrong happened? i only watched the movie once i would go i would have gone twice but i couldn't i just literally I would, but i don't want i to. just <laughs> i just remember yeah you're the freshest one right now <laughs> i remember her experiencing some weird shit like, subtle, but weird before Margaret dies. Well, okay, so the next thing in the plot summary, if, if y'all are good to pivot, is this a good pivot point? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like, the the next thing that Alice sees is this plane crash while she's just, like, taking the trolley around for fun. So <laughs> As you do. In a sense, it was literally, like, Margaret's, like, before that, it seemed like she wasn't that privy to some weird shit going on. And then all of a sudden, she sees this plane crash. She walks out... Towards into the desert, towards the plane, and basically reaches Victory headquarters, and the plane isn't there. And then she starts experiencing some weird, surreal hallucinations, and then she wakes up back at home. Okay, let's pause at the plane section. What do y'all think is up with the plane? I don't fucking know. Well, the only thing that confuses me is there was um when they were showing flashbacks to, like margaret and her son going to the desert wasn't there like a little toy plane yes yeah it literally reminds me of the plane in wandavision <laughs> yeah yes. oh, yes. the, the plane in wandavision had more symbolism than the plane in don't worry yeah. wasn't it like actually a military plane that got turned into a yeah 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 whatever. Through, like, but that's the not what we're about but um but I, it's <laughs> I thought it was like gonna be a real plane. I don't know. I was really hoping it was gonna be like some guys. Like, oh no, help me! I, I don't know. I don't get it. Like, yeah, and there's like the weird warp, and I guess that's like the glitch in this whatever simulation. But again, like we don't know what it's from at this point, and it just seems like to me, it just seems like visuals to visual. Like you know, it's like right. again, she had this huge ass like oh huge budget, and they put it to their use visually like stunning film like it was very like fascinating to watch however yeah like the plane never comes back like they don't tie that back to anything and like you know when we 
jump into a new reality or like in the end there's nothing to tie it to why why it's seen unless it's just like her subconscious knowing oh because she she's holding the plane wait on a second margaret's holding <laughs> the plane when she falls oh is she, she is yes she's holding the son's plane when she kills herself and falls off the roof so maybe oh god now i'm really giving olivia credit <laughs> maybe seeing the That's plane fall is like mimicking her seeing margaret fall to her death earlier like that's oh. why she's forced to see this vision that's the okay. only thing i can maybe tie it to it's still the, stupid the, the only other thing i can think of is like so my question is okay they all drive their stupid 50s cars out into the desert <laughs> to, to where? go to this portal to, to go to this apparently this glass portal that wakes them up and then they are in the waking world again so but like so where were the cars the cars like weren't parked anywhere near so my my theory is i guess the cars like go into the portal with them i don't understand so maybe some asshole was like i'm gonna fly to the portal today and then just like (laughs) flew to it and like went through it i think i'm gonna take the jet today honey that's actually so funny no i think the pj it's i mean to be fair it's just a plot device to get her to go to the headquarters but But then here's the most frustrating thing and we'll get this at the end but why does she wake up back at home where if at the end of the movie when she gets there she wakes up in real life well and, well oh no we oh do know why God. we do know why why because her going to headquarters is her waking up out of the simulation because that's the portal to leave. Uh-huh. exit portal that's the exit okay. portal and this is where the original script did it better and will oh. come to explain so the headquarters is the exit portal Right. So when the husbands are going to work, they're going to the exit portal to leave and leave right. their wives in the simulation all day. And then... I got that. But because she made it... And that's why they're like, no one should go out there. It's not safe. When she goes to the exit portal, she technically broke out in the real world and then he had to drag her back into the simulation. Oh, my God. Oh, that's he was already awake. Yes. <laughs> right. And there's different exit portals. And there's like... Like, Jack, or the Jack character, like, changes it every time because he finds out that she knows where it is, so he keeps, like, changing it. So, in the original original script. script. In the original script, is it more active? Because, like, in the the original script, it makes so much more sense from a point of, like, how someone would find it. Like, there was no plane. It was basically what happened was she was out doing her business, her errands, and sees her husband's car parked at a motel. And she's like, what the fuck? Why, like, why is my husband parked at a motel in the middle of the day? As any housewife would think, goes to investigate. And then when she, like, opens the door, that's the exit portal. That is so much smarter. And I guess my question is, in the Blacklist script, do does she, in those instances, like, interact with uh, Harry Styles' character, like, out of the simulation? And then he forces her back in? Like, do we ever see them interact? Because the thing that I disliked was... We only got to see their real world interaction through flashbacks. I did not I believe like that they were pretty in love cheap. Or like that it may Oh, I don't think no so. I dumb. She wakes up like a couple times out of like the intravenous state that she's in. Like she does that twice. The first time it was pretty graphic because it's like 
the Harry Styles character was like naked. And then the second time, and he says, don't worry, darling. And that's where it is. I'm pretty sure it's going to be okay. I think like, I'm pretty in, sh- he's naked in the real world. In the real world. Ah. And it's implied Ooh. what like else these guys oh. are doing outside in the real world to the people, to the wives that they kept, or ex-wives, who had, whatever situation disgusting. they had with them. Yeah. No, the, much, the first script is much darker than... Um, the one that we see in the movies but also that leads me to believe did they dumb it down because they didn't want harry styles to look bad I, I, that's what i know harry style fans maybe yeah. they knew people would be sneaking in like underage like but they should have cast be. somebody else <laughs> they should have yeah, been bill skarsgård yeah like you also... need a skarsgård you need somebody that is creepy throughout not somebody that is harry styles well, and that's where okay honestly well then that's where shit gets fuzzy where it's like when did Harry start dating Olivia? Let's put a pin but, on the drama. I know, I know, I know. Um, let's, where we're, getting, we're getting into a key, we're getting into a key Harry Styles moment. So let's pivot back to the plot. Um, <laughs> ba- because basically after this whole plane, oh wait, sorry, before we pivot this onto the so fly. Messy. <laughs> I saw one theory online about the fly, the, sorry, the plane, the plane falling, the that it was... Basically, there's this theory online that there is, like, a fly in the real world that is, like, flying, like, through Alice's vision. And so in the simulation, it manifests as this plane, which, again, is just such a charitable read to give. What? But it, There's like, a no evidence room, of that. No. <laughs> I don't know. I would, rather, I would rather go by my theory now that I just came up with is that... It's just parallel of what she saw of the plane falling off the building, and then she's I like just I it like again. Kate's theory that the men are taking a jet to her. <laughs> no, actually, you're right. That is funny. Sorry, no, that's the more crackhead theory. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's a um, but anyway, theory. she wakes up back yeah. in her real house, and Harry Styles' character Jack is basically running around the house trying to make dinner, but in like truly the most idiotic way possible to the point where you're like, is this a robot? Like, he's trying to make mashed potatoes by, like, hitting real potatoes with, like... And he's hitting it with, what, like, a decanter? Like, it's not even, like, an instrument that you would use to cook. I'm just so confused. Like, why... Why would why? Like, that's... that's It's, like, one of those weird moments where, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, Jack knows how to be a human in this world, right? Like, does he just literally not know how to cook? Or No, he's like a man-child mm-hmm. who probably and I'm, had his... Yeah. yeah, oh, sorry, Kate, I cut you off. No, he's probably just in the real world. He just seems like a, a man-child, like, crazy dude who, like, maybe lived in his mom's basement for way too long and then somehow bagged Florence Pugh. We don't know how. <laughs> who was a surgeon. Sh- who's, like, a surgeon. And <laughs> she's, like, so accomplished. And he, he fucking is, like... A loser and oh, oh I guess they made it even worse. He makes her a sandwich and he's like, I know I'm not as good of a cook as you, but I put mayonnaise on both sides of the bread this time. And so <laughs> Honestly, it's like, wow, thanks so much. Oh well, God. the one scene that we do see of them in the real world is like Florence Bue comes back after working a double shift at the OR because she is a surgeon in the real world. And uh, Jack, the Harry Styles character, is like, I'm so hungry, I didn't eat. And she's like, why didn't you eat? And he's like, well, I texted you asking you what you wanted and you didn't respond to me, which like, obviously she doesn't have her phone in the OR, but maybe that parallels this can't make mashed potatoes sequence where like, he just like literally cannot even feed himself. I don't know. I I honestly, I honestly think so. I think in the real world, he was also relying on her to work these 30 hour shifts to like, pay for their, you know, apartment and pay for their like, lifestyle. Yeah, they didn't have hot water. 
I'm like, what? Um, what weird ass hospital is she working at where she can't afford to pay hot water? Right. I mean, I mean, maybe she was in a residency, and do you get paid much when you do a residency? I don't know. I'm not a med student. I don't, I don't think you get paid I much, and you also have like dad. all of the bills of med school. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she's paying off all her med school debt. We don't know. But, but. I, and then maybe too, I'm just thinking like when, again, just to go back one more time to him trying to make mashed potatoes out of a raw ass potato is that maybe he was also frazzled by her breaking out of this simulation for the first time that he's like covering his tracks to be like like you know look at like i'm a loving husband i'm cooking for you because you weren't feeling well like you just woke up right um my so are we assuming okay so since the time skipped and she went from being at the portal to then like being in bed so we're so that's basically we're assuming she woke up in the real world was like almost out and then like somehow jack like forced her back in right yeah um because there's there's more than one time weird time skip in this movie so i'm trying to think like did she wake up again because she also times i mean we're getting a little ahead of ourselves but she time skips when she's in the bathtub you know so it's definitely one of the plot holes is like how does she get back into it i know that they usually they like inject her with something in the script but like how are we supposed to does she just wake up does she get conked over the head no one really knows how exactly she gets back yeah dumb um also in the simulation do they ever eat in the simulation or do they just like bang on their kitchen table instead of eating the dinner that they've made yeah did we ever see them eat the meals they made I'm trying to think back. The only scene I'm thinking of was, well, they definitely drink. They definitely do drink a lot. (laughs) It seems like you also don't get hangovers in the simulation. So maybe the one benefit of being in there. Oh, my God. Because you're literally living off an intravenous, like an IV. (laughs) That's why you don't get drunk. Oh, my God. I guess the only scene I can think of where, well, we know Chris Pine eats. No, they do eat because there's weird... There's a lot of carrots in this movie. Oh, they eat carrots! They both eat carrots at one point, and so does Chris Pine. Yeah. (laughs) Again, I don't know what that is in the real world. I remember that is a symbol. And there's a character named Bunny as well. Ooh. Liz, Liz, my roommate, literally, like, when they were, like, both eating the carrots, and then when finally Chris Pine ate the carrot later in the movie, she was like, what's with the fucking carrots? No, I was thinking that, too. And no one's talking about it. (laughs) Really like they're little bunnies in an experiment. Maybe that you know how bunnies like. Again, we're giving too like, much credit. Like, sorry. No, but you you probably are right. Okay, next in the plot, uh, Margaret Kiki Lane's character calls Alice and tells her that they both know that some freaky shit is going on, and Alice essentially silences her and says that you don't know what's going on, and then Margaret kills herself and gets dragged away by these men in red jumpsuits, which again. If we knew the twist earlier, I feel like this could have been a very interesting conversation about silencing women silencing other women. But instead, this red, these men in red jumpsuits, y'all, I could not take them seriously. I literally started right. cracking up in the theater when they started ju- like running, scaling the rocks. Like, if you're in a simulation where it's all virtual, why are there physical men in red jumpsuits? Like, none of it makes sense, right? It also okay. makes me think of us. Just, like, again, yeah. ripping off Jordan Peele round two, where I'm like, could you choose a different color? Like, <laughs> my God. And, and also, the thing that irritates me is, like, 
it seems like Chris Pine has some kind of special powers to know everything about what's going on in the simulation, right? Because he's, like, the leader. Like, he just makes these weird comments or is creepily, like, remember when <laughs> Harry and... Uh, oh yeah we didn't talk yeah, about that well, part of the script go ahead uh yeah yeah when they're at chris pine's house or way early in the script or in the movie alice and jack are like inside chris pine's house and they start like almost fucking in i assume chris pine's bedroom and he's there weirdly and she sees him and jack doesn't and she's like <gasps> but then they keep fucking <laughs> i'm so like what weird. So we assume that he's, like, all-seeing, right? He sees everything, and then he makes a comment about, like, later being like, oh, Bunny didn't believe you? Like, I don't think Bunny told on her. So it's kind of like... So why can't... I'm I'm trying to get to it. Like, why can't these red jumpsuit men who are, like, the security guards of the the simulation, why can't they have special powers that lets them, like, hop around wherever they want? Like, why can't they just teleport and grab her? Like, what's stopping them, you know? They have to physically run up a a dirt hill mountain and like drive cars, drive cars, and then crash the cars and die. Sorry again, that's or or like this, like like why can't like someone enter the simulation and and transport themselves like right to the entrance of where the portal is and just be there when she gets there and be like, stop. I, I just, yeah. sorry. I, we're, we're moving Stop. on too far in the plot. I'm so sorry. sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm other... so frustrated. I, okay, I will say this, and this is kind of a jump in the plot again, but I'm just going to say this. Did you guys notice that an employee at the hospital that Alice works at, like in the real life, was wearing a red jumpsuit? Did you I see did that? Not. Oh, no. I did not. Okay, maybe I was just, like, tricking myself into thinking, like, <laughs> is this her subconscious? But again, like, the main thing that pissed me off from the get-go of seeing this trailer was I'm like, why are these people in red jumpsuits after Us came out two years ago when that, that whole movie's motif was red jumpsuits? I was pissed. Anyhow. And Squid Games. Oh, yeah. yeah just another, yeah. Not an original concept. Okay, so Jack dismisses Alice's concern. They then go to a special victory event where Fr- uh, Frank, Chris Pine's character, ke- there throughout the whole movie, there's all this rhetoric where he asks everyone, what are we doing? And everyone responds, changing the world. Like, what they're doing together at the Victory Project is so brave. But it doesn't... Like, does that track at all to y'all? Like, how are they changing the world? What is up with this, like, cult mentality where at the at the event frank gives jack a promotion and a ring like there's like this culty thing that's going on but i don't see how that ties back to the overall theme or message of the story if there were being charitable enough to say that there is one was it his promotional role like you're on the senior advisory board what does that mean exactly my mom goes "Ooh, next (laughs) does that mean anything like i don't even know what that entails maybe that means he can pay less to keep being in the victory (laughs) no he became a moderator in the reddit thread (laughs) i'll say the cultiness I mean, what I think it equates to is basically, like, Frank and all of the men who, you know, dragged their wives against their will into this simulation basically got hooked on what I'm going to generously call, like, a QAnon kind of, like, weird thing where, you know, 
Frank is basically preaching about, like, we need to go back, like, you need to take control of your lives, like, obviously preaching some, like, very anti-feminist, um, awful stuff, and so all these men, like, there's a point where at the party, there, there's, like, it's our, they're saying, like, it's ours, it's ours, like, the, like, the world is ours, I think it was to equate to, like, we can't be, like, you know, like, they're trying to, like, take back their masculinity i put that in air quotes because that's what they think then they think it's probably wrong for like you know their girlfriends or wives to be the breadwinner of like their relationship or like they think life should go back to like 50s america where the men worked and the wives stayed at home so obviously the cultiness i think is like just between the men you know it's like them just being creepy it's just weird to me because it's like, what point are you trying to make in 2022? Like, this is a point that should have been made in the 1950s. This is like a <laughs> negative first wave feminism. You know what I'm talking about? Like, why well, yeah. is this movie coming out now? It could be making such a deeper point, but instead it's making this point. Like, yeah, women well, shouldn't be cooking and cleaning all day. They should go out. Yeah, we know. Well, like, I, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna... I'm gonna be generous to Miss Miss Olivia, uh, Miss Liv, um, (laughs) right now, and and say, like, I do think there is this, you know, with how heightened, like, the internet is in our day and age, I do think there is this new wave of, like, young white men who are hooked to these certain, like, influencers or, or online personalities who are, like, preaching these things at them about, like, you know, oh, men need to take back, like, their role in society. They need to be, like, the dominating force. They need to be the ones, like, working. Women shouldn't be, like, working. Like, you know, like all this stuff, like, you know, I always hear just, oh, you need to be, like, a masculine man. You know, no feminism. Really, though, like, there was that guy recently, like, a month ago, I don't remember his name, who got deplatformed from, like, Instagram and TikTok because he was spewing all of this, like, Oh, Andrew Tate. Great. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he was spewing all this shit, and, like, I saw, like, TikTok videos of what these boys thought of him, and they, like, looked up to him like a god, and they... It's scary, The things honestly. he was saying, the things he was saying were, like, super concerning. What he was saying about women, awful. So it's, like, I kind of get the point, because it is happening in our society today. So, like, I mean, I... That was one of the thought things I thought was interesting about the movie when I when they showed like <laughs> scruffy Harry Styles <laughs> in the oh. real world and, and he was like just plugged into that crazy monitor and just obsessively listening to like this guy talk and preach. I don't want to say like, that oh. gave me the ick, but it just made me really sad <laughs> after seeing that, especially when he's like, well, you didn't answer your phone. I didn't make dinner. I was like, oh, my God, no, I, I officially am not into and it. <laughs> I get that because as harry styles is like very proudly like a very like feminist man so it did hurt mm-hmm. to see him basically play like this QAnon creepy white guy who's like my my wife should do all the dishes all day i don't know i i want to say something because i like i back you like that is clearly still a problem but it's also a problem that's been happening ever since the stepford wives has come out as a book in a movie and mm-hmm. remade as a movie like this is Very a story similar. that's been told. Yeah, like, I rewatched the uh, Nicole Kidman version. Honestly, I think it handles these same themes. Not to a point that's more updated to, like, boys being, like, 
plugged into Reddit and, like, you know, whatever these people preach on YouTube. So it is updated in that way. But I feel it still, you know, addresses this whole, like, topic of gender roles and should women be, you know, not punished, but should men have the right to be upset when their wife or partner happens to be more successful or more driven than what Mm -hmm. has been the standard for so long because for a while women weren't allowed to work. Um, But then I also want to then take it back to, again, like, Olivia, when she talks about this movie, though, like, she still then would say stuff of, like, no men come in this movie. It's all about <laughs> women and power, like all that shit. And then that's where, I, like, that's where it officially loses me, because I'm like, we didn't need these over the top sex scenes. They're not like of just like the male giving the woman pleasure. Because again, if you're gonna follow through with this idea of a man trapping women in this universe, I'm sorry, they're not going down to like eat them out like that would not be what a man would envision (laughs) like let's be a little realistic about this like well well, my theory is that none of these men could actually make their women come in the real world so this is their fantasy of being able to make them come in this fantasy world i i 100 agree i just hope they're not doing it in like you know what i mean that's where i got i get what you mean well, well, yeah, I think we'll have a better, bigger conversation about yeah. how sex is treated in this movie. At, mm. Let's wrap up the plot real quick. Yes. So, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay. For a little bit. Post weird cult dance scene where Harry Styles has to do these weird jumping dances. Super freaky, y'all. <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, you should be thankful that you got to miss that part. Does anyone oh know what God. that was about? It was giving Kenny Ortega <laughs> high school musical choreography. I think it was like. Harry Styles can dance. Let's have him do some little spins on stage. For three minutes. Harry Styles can't dance. He never danced in One Direction. He just dances and does things on stage. He's never been a dancer. That's true. He doesn't dance. Why are we making him star? Bad. (laughs) Um, He's branching out. (laughs) Then Alice and Jack invite the entire neighborhood over for dinner, including the head leader, Frank, um, who is Chris Pine's character, when all of the, like, men come over to Frank and Alice's house, the men are, like, asking Jack, like, how did you get Frank here? They're so excited about Frank showing up. Again, the weird cult leader stuff. And I really, like, do they just really respect this man because he built the software that lets them abuse women? I'm so confused. I think so. I think so. I think what's so interesting and one of the biggest um, ways that the script is different from the movie is that there is, Nothing called the Victory Project in the script, and there is no Chris Pine character in oh, the script at all. Oh. There's no leader. It's just all of these men who have been accepted and get these like acceptance uh, tutorials once they're into into this quote unquote alt life or alt reality group. Um, so it's all these men doing this on their own volition. Um, getting these ex wives, ex girlfriends, whoever, um, faking their death. And then also um, hooking them up to this entire alt reality. And that's how they get in. And there's no Chris Pine character and there's no like cult leader, which I find interesting because I think that it's more interesting. All of these guys are on their own, like banning and this like weird cultish manner um, to act out against women's rights and um, women having their own jobs and independence. Uh, But with Frank, I feel like 
it's like we're always guessing like what he does and like what purpose he's kind of serving as the head of this victory project besides like everyone being obsessed with him so i don't really know Mm. what the biggest maybe his version of victory like his ideal situation is all these men obsessing over him true not trapping a wife there i don't know Again, over generosity. And then yeah. basically in this in the story, uh, Frank essentially tells Alice all of her suspicions are right while they're alone in the kitchen. And then they all go to dinner. Like they all gather on the dinner table. And Alice starts asking the women questions like, where did you meet your husband? Where did you honeymoon? And you find out that they basically all have the same answers. This is what like this is what really bothers me about the movie is that why is it only Alice that is realizing this is weird? Like none, nobody else has picked up on right? these strange anomalies. Like you need to give a reason, and I guess the reason is just seeing Kiki Lane's character kill herself. Then for why Florence Pugh is the only person asking questions in the simulation. Um, I will say, as much as that irritated me, this was my favorite scene of the film because I just liked the square off between. Chris Pine and Florence Pugh. Um, it was just refreshing to get to see them, like, actually act together in one scene, you know, in this movie. Because I think they're both incredible actors. Yeah, and then the, I guess that's where we kind of have the purpose of seeing a new couple come in. Because then that gives Alice the opportunity to analyze, like, these fresh, like, answers lining up with, you know, answers she's heard. I just wish that we could have put that together with her because we never heard anyone answer those questions before. Like you if- do earlier at the dance class. They're like, where'd you honeymoon? Oh, I honeymooned there too. There's like, there is one instance just to, again, Oh, they did? Give- yeah. Yeah. Well, goddamn. <laughs> Maybe I was just so angry that I was just like, she's just pulling the shit like out of the air. Not that I didn't believe that she didn't hear. Okay. At least in that there was that connection because at first I thought it was just like her realizing it to realize it and then i was like okay i yeah okay then i'll give that a little bit i just wish it was a bit more like obvious maybe i need my handheld maybe i'm not film (laughs) as film literate as i thought i was oh stop (laughs) you missed one thing which by the way having that one line of dialogue in the movie does not make the script better (laughs) but then Gemma chan basically cuts Alice off and is like, you invited all of these people here and you're going to insult my husband like this? Weird. Let's... And then just everyone leaves the dinner. And basically... <laughs> and then everyone... Le- like, it. the scene just ends kind of because it has to. Like, there's no organic reason for the dinner yeah. to be over. That's also the bulk of Gemma Chan's plot de- uh, character development until right. the final scene with her and Chris. We'll, 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 talk, we'll talk about Gemma Chan's final appearance. But then after that... Uh, Alice and Alice asks Jack if they can run away together because she says this place isn't normal. And Jack is like, yeah, sure, sure. And then they leave. They get in the car. But then the red jumpsuits come (laughs) back for Alice. And she's like, Jack, what are you doing? He's like, I'm sorry. I tried. Like, no, you didn't. But whatever. Basically, Alice gets taken out. She comes back into the simulation. When she gets back into the simulation, she talks to Jack like she knows what's going on. And Jack is like, well... You said it didn't matter where we were as long as we were together. Oh my god. <laughs> my <So> guy. No. <laughs> oh Chris no. Chris is not listening. <laughs> um and then and then basically Alice kills Frank by hitting him over the head with a glass tumbler. 
Then, I'm sorry, I'm just kind <laughs> of waiting through the block plot. Then Bunny comes in, and Bunny's like, I, Bunny is Olivia Wilde's character. I've known the whole time. And <laughs> Alice is like, what? That's when you find out that the children aren't real in the simulation. Uh, but <sighs> Bunny's like, this is the one place that I can be with my children. Which my twin sister has pointed out. Another very interesting character trait to look into, like, what happened to Bunny that she lost her children and would rather live in, with her fake children in this fictional world than, you know, um, live out her trauma in the real world. I, I mean... We've seen that before, Miss uh, WandaVision. <laughs> no, literally. It's like that's literally that's concept. literally that's literally Wanda's like entire plot in both maybe, WandaVision maybe and Doctor Strange. More, honestly, maybe there was more to that, and then they cut it because of WandaVision. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> kidding. No, you could be right. To the extent how they were filming it the around the time that WandaVision came out. Well, because, yeah, it is, an or- it is an original plot. It is just separate also, vibes, right? <laughs> I would argue Booksmart. I loved Booksmart. I don't think Booksmart is original plot, uh, original story. It's, yeah, it's a no. female super bad. It even has Jonah Hill's sister <laughs> as his character, but in a female <laughs> version. So it's like, I don't know. That's just my thought on her as a filmmaker. But, <laughs> but anyway, we get this exposition jump. Bunny tells Alice that she knew about simulation the whole time. She has to flee to headquarters to get out of the exit portal. So there's this huge car chase sequence where everyone chases Alice. But before that happens, Chris Pine gets a call that says Frank is dead. Alice knows about the simulation. So he's ready to do shit until Gemma Chan stabs him in the chest and says, (laughs) now it's my turn. My turn for what? Oh, my God. (laughs) It was. uh, That that pissed me off. Especially since we never see her on screen. Again, ever. So then it's like, that's why, yeah. So then it's like, I would not have hated if it was like her turn to be the big bad. Because, I would have honestly loved it. Yeah, like women can be evil too. There's that twist in the Stepford Wives as well where it's like you realize the engineer is the woman. The woman, like, who's like the head of the society. I think that's an interesting thing because... You know, like, not all women want... I'm not even going to actually open those can of worms. However, yeah, it, she just kills him and, yeah, it's dumb. Dumb. If she said nothing, I would have believed it more than her saying, it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> right. Since when? But then, At what point did you... You were defending your man the entire movie. But then here's... Okay, so here's where my problem lies. And it goes back to, like, I also didn't understand this with Frank either. We now know this is a simulation when we find out. I mean, it's pretty obvious. But, like, what is the incentive for Frank to keep control and then for um, Gemma Chan's character to take control from him? What is it? Is it money? Are the all these men paying to, you know, like a monthly subscription to keep well, yeah, their we, wives we know hostage? That's like, kind of true because he's like, I have to leave every day to make enough money to pay for us for to, us to be, be here, here together. Which, like, I, that ma- that does track for me because <laughs> Fran- or Jack, Harry Styles' character's whole issue is like, he didn't like being at home while Alice was the breadwinner so this way he feels like he's taking care of her by trapping her in the simulation, oh I guess. I don't know. Terrifying. Also, but, like, but then, but again, like, I just don't understand. 
I also like, think that whoa. because I, they are trying to expand the whole Victory Project concept and they're trying to get right. more subscribers or whatever their like mode of income right. is because they mentioned that they're expanding the town. So I forget the supporting actress's name. Kate Berlant, name. who is yes. amazing. She was she was great in this. Um, and she was saying, oh, we're going to be closer to town. And she's like, oh, wait, why? And she's like, because we're not going to be the farthest now because they're <laughs> building a new street or something. That, I think, is the smartest and funniest line in the whole script. It, it is, it Kate is. Kate was the only one who understood the assignment of what that world was to me. At, like, she was perfect. She, like, she looked the part. Her humor is so, like, I, I just love her as a comedic actress in general. And, like... I, I like she truly was like the one saving grace of this movie for me other than like <laughs> visuals and um I costuming. think Florence gave a I think Florence, well, Florence gave a good performance with what she had well, too yeah but I don't know I just for me I wanted camp like if I'm mm-hmm. seeing 1950s yeah. if I'm forced to watch a 1950s something in today's age I want it to be campy because that point in like that period of time is insane if yeah. we're talking about 1950s camp, where was the transatlantic accent? There was a severe lack of that. Uh-huh. And that's on every 50s sitcom. I was confused. And I was... Oh. I was. I felt like that was Well, lacking. because you can choose your nationality. Let's not forget. Very true. Wait, okay. Speaking of dialects, the, what was their way to get around not having Harry speak in an American accent for two hours? Pick your nationality. British. Well, I laughed. My twin sister point had something really interesting, though, because, like, as his accent, like, his accent is bad, but it kind of works because you can just pretend that, like, that's not his natural accent. So it kind of fits. It's a mixture of both. It's like an intentionally bad accent, you know? Oh, my God. God. Um, I also think, like, now that I'm thinking about going back to what's the incentive to have the victory project and you're like well they want to expand it um do we think that jack's promotion to like the advisory board is a fancy way to be like okay outside of this world now you're gonna like work for the company on the outside too and you're gonna like help promote getting more men inside like i was kind of thinking about that i was trying to think like giving mlm yeah, I, I think <laughs> that could work. It could be an interesting MLM thing, but I feel like the whole point is that they have, like, they have to leave to make money to pay to stay there. Yeah, so I, I wonder if like he got hired to be like, we trust you to like spread the brand. But okay, <laughs> be, dis- be discreet. But, but spread but it yeah, out. talking about him going. Also, I want to say one of my other favorite lines of dialogue in this movie where he goes. I'm, he goes, Alice, I'm a technical engineer. You know that. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I do. You know this. Um, okay, we've have we reached the end for the plot, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the last thing is she, we, she gets to the We've already talked she... about the car chase, basically. There's a car chase. She runs to the top of headquarters. The last thing you see is her getting to headquarters, and then you hear Alice gasp, end of movie. No, and <laughs> then they show the scene, scene from the scene. trailer where they're, like, all clean cut in the bed, and I think that's modern. I don't think that's the 2022, No, I, I think right? that was before he put her in. That was before he put her right. in the thing. I think it was when... Oh, wait, no. No, I think, I think that, that was, was... I think that was when they were dating... What, what are you talking about? No, no, no. I think that was 1950s because... What are you talking the, about? <laughs> there, there's a shot near the end of the movie. And it's movie. the poster. Again, everything's a trailer and a poster. Like, the two of them in bed holding each other's faces. Yes. I I actually think that was, like, her very quietly, quickly, like, mourning what they, you know, the relationship they had in this world. Because he's clean-shaven in it. 
they show like when she's working a bunch and also when he gets laid off he has like a little bit of stubble going on so, right but it's him saying the like, modern you and world. me always i i interpreted that as them in the real world before shit hit the fan oh really i didn't think it was but Even again i mean the song she keeps there's we didn't mention this in our plot summary there's a a song that Alice keeps humming throughout and in the beginning she's humming the song and Bunny's like what song is that and Alice says I don't know I was hoping you could tell me and then I guess in the reveal it's like a song that they used to sing to each other yeah that's back why, when they loved each other that's why I think that that scene is from the real life before being put in the simulation because when he's singing that to her they're in like they're tussling in bed and it looks like and then that and then he's so stupid because once he's finally gotten her like you know back to not questioning things he humps that in the fucking simulation and that's what sets her off again harry, and she's like Wait, immediately harry Why? you have to stop singing harry um well oh th- but this is what i was gonna say is that so when they show him so creepishly like having like the process of what he has to do to like take care of her when she's under in the simulation he's out of it they're still living in like a pigsty like they're eating out of tuna cans he has like 10 deadbolts on the door like that's where i'm like how much yeah i guess they have to work up to get this promotion because it looks like they're in an even worse living state as they were obviously before when she was like working but I don't think he cares that much because he works all day just to, like, I think, pay rent for the apartment and food. And then every other waking minute, he's in the simulation with her having this, like, in his mind, like, idealistic 50s life where she's the housewife. Like, he, in his fucked up mind, he thinks that he's, like, taking care of her because she was working all the time. And he's like, no, here she could just be a housewife and do nothing. It'll be great. Yeah. So, so I don't think he... all day and then coming back after is that when he sleeps like in this like intravenous state when they go into oh, that is is know. he sleeping like is he getting any rest or is his uh, is it not like compute that way for him while he's in that, that state? I would hope his body is getting actually no I hate him I hope that he's so <laughs> sleep deprived. It's very specific. I was just wondering that also. Yeah. Like, no, I sleep? get that. I See, we... we have more more questions than answers. <laughs> Definitely. Now that we're done with the plot, though, should we pivot to the drama? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Haley, which has a... already been so discussed, but let's go over just it briefly. To... us the solid of having a quick rundown of the don't worry darling drama i also listened to an interview with this guy uh named david heron he's the founder of this research forum called quorum well you say the victory project (laughs) (laughs) um but they basically do research for like theatrical releases on like how many people are aware of a movie or how many people are actually excited to watch the movie so let's talk about the drama but then i would love to talk about how much the drama actually affected the box office. I'm down. That sounds very good. 
Which is why I asked all y'all if your parents even know this movie exists. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. even though the drama has been loud, I think there still are a good chunk of people that don't know it. But Haley, take us away. Give us the spark notes. All right, I got 5%, and there's a lot of drama, so let's see if we can get through it on my phone. <laughs> okay, um, so in April 2020, Olivia Wilde announced Don't Worry Darling with the original cast. That uh, was mainly Florence Pugh, Shia LaBeouf, and Chris Pine. She posted the, this on her social media, and the trades picked it up, and everything was everyone was very excited. And at this time, Florence even replied to her tweet and was saying how much she's excited to work with this cast and how Olivia Wilde was her idol, which is interesting no- interesting detail to note. This is all in there. There's all receipts out there. You can go and look for yourself. <laughs> um, and as production for Don't Worry Darling start- started, Olivia Wilde said she made the decision to fire Shia because, quote, his process was not conducive to the ethos I demand in my productions, which in English means she didn't want people to be uncomfortable on set. Um and also, she said this was a role, a role like this for Florence Pugh, where she had to act like very vulnerable on set. She didn't want to have any uh, safety concerns. So that was one of the reasons she also gave for, quote, firing Shia LaBeouf. Um, and we'll see that later. Shia LaBeouf's account of this is completely different. And there's a lot of stories going around. No one really knows um, actually what happened. So. I guess that's just going to be out there. And also chime in if anyone has any extra details. <laughs> <laughs> on 9-11 on 2020, interesting, Harry Styles was announced to take his place. Could this be a bad omen on that date? We don't know. Um, so this is like Shia's gone and they needed someone to fill his slot. Harry was there. And the next month, this is kind of teetering outside of Don't Worry Darling drama, but it's still important for the drama. Uh, in November of 2020, Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde break up their nine-year marriage. <sighs> and I think it's also important to note that Florence Pugh and Zach Breff, I believe, are still together. And no, they're... They're separate. They're separate. Up, I thought. Oh, you mean now or at, at the that time point? in twenty twenty? At the time they were together. together. Yeah. At the time in twenty twenty, they're together, and it's kind of awkward because Zach Breff also worked on Ted Lasso, which Jason Sudeikis is the main character in. So that's a little bit of extra details buffered in there. Um, it also later comes out that Florence Pugh saw Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde getting cozy with each other on set while they were reportedly still married, Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde. So that's. I don't know if that's hearsay. Also, people talk on set, and there's many stories out there that I just didn't include in this, but so many people have stories about what a nightmare this was to shoot on. Um, and I mean, yeah, there have been, like, variety articles about Olivia Munn and uh, Wild. Florence Pugh getting in screaming Wild. matches. Wild. 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 Sorry. No, someone has I've her own drama. That. Someone did say, like, are you kidding me? Like, she broke wild. up John Mulaney's marriage and, like, la 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 too. I'm like, wait, different Olivia's. Different Olivia's. Anyway, sorry, continue, Haley. I could do a whole episode on John Mulaney, Olivia Munn, <laughs> etc. I have points on that. Um, <laughs> um, in December of 2020, a story breaks out that Shia LaBeouf's former ex-girlfriend, FK Twigs, is suing him for sexual battery during their nine-month relationship. The day after, Olivia posts her support for FK Twigs in this situation. This is all after she reportedly, quote-unquote, fired him. In January 4th of 2021, Harry and Olivia were seen together and dating rumors start for them. And people... Uh, on set were saying it was pretty obvious that they were seeing each other about how they would uh, be really close to each other, go to their trailers, and also be absent on set for a lot of the setup shots. Uh, Someone on set even said it was pretty obvious and annoying because it derailed a little bit of the time. And Florence started to get upset and argue and was seen arguing with Olivia at this point because of her absence. As the main person on set, I think that you're, it's like you're the captain of your ship and I feel like yeah. if you're not there to steer it, who who 
knows what is going to happen? Yeah. And so I feel like if that is true, that she wasn't there for a lot of it, when you are the person that's running the show, especially with such a publicized, um, large movie with A-list talent attached to it, that's a big no-no. But Wait, I, don't, I just want to read one tweet that I sent uh, Haley and my other coworker last night, though, that says, I've come all the way around on the Olivia Wilde drama. If I could have sex with my hot pop star boyfriend instead of sitting in an editing booth making sure my movie quote-unquote made sense, I would also choose the sex. <laughs> Actually. Uh. Um, and so skipping ahead a bit, because there's still much more. We haven't even gotten to Venice Film Festival, which <laughs> is like half of the drama, to be honest. Um, in April 2022, I believe, was when Olivia got served, publicly served, in oh front of an God. entire audience of people at CinemaCon um, for her divorce papers for Jason Sudeikis, which... <laughs> What an like I don't know how people like saw like on like a screen if it said subpoena or something on it like I don't know how people if it looked like a like how people serve people in a natural setting I don't know but if that was when it was I remember that coming out though and seeing how well Olivia Wilde sorry <laughs> no it is well no it, it is, is well. wild you did it you, you did said it. it right how well Olivia like I took her side back then I was like damn. Olivia Wilde handled that so well. She, like, just, like, notices what it is, puts the papers away, and continues. And I was like, damn good for her. Like, completely oblivious to all the drama at that point in time. I don't know if that was on purpose or not because of how public her and Harry had been at the time. I don't know if, like, Jason's team or Jason's lawyers were like, we're going to do this. Because Jason Sudeikis claims he had no idea what was happening and would never allow for it to happen. I kind of believe that. I, I, I like Jason. Well, also because it is, at the end of the day, an objectively stupid move. Like, you don't come out on top if you do that to your ex. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone would hate you. would then become the villain of the story. So I, I think he's smart enough to know that. Mm-hmm. Out of all the Jasons, I think he's my favorite. Just like, I think maybe Chris Pine is my favorite out of all the Chris's. Yeah. It's and a low bar. It's, it's a low bar. I, I would pick Kristen Stewart, but she's not really in an option sometimes. If we can include Kristen Stewart, I'd pick her too. Um, that same month, Shia came forward saying he wasn't fired, but he quit due to a lack of rehearsal time. He tried to align with Florence Pugh. Um, okay. Cutting in here from the David Heron interview that I listened to, according to that interview, the week the Shia tapes came out of him saying the Shia tapes. <laughs> him saying that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't actually fired, awareness of the film doubled. So just like, mm. oh, it's all but that's also the same week that Florence said she was not gonna do press beyond Venice. And, and by and by tapes you mean the the right. video of Olivia like saying Miss Flo. Yeah, the, vid- the video of Olivia Wilde, for those who don't know, basically saying, Shia, we- Shia, Shia, I really want you to come back if we can make this work out, if Miss Flo can get her shit together. Yeah, basically. maybe we can make this work. Basically an incredibly incriminating video. We don't promote Hon- reckless honestly, driving. Yeah, she's filming yeah, us she's- while driving a truck. She's <laughs> like, I just did a run. Shia. That's honestly where um, the movie came more on my radar, too. Like, that's when I was like, oh. You were part of this stat, Kate, of awareness of the film doubling. You were the double. (laughs) Because I didn't really care about, well, I like Chris Pine, but I didn't really care about what Harry Styles was doing. Sorry, I even saw him at Madison Square Garden. Oops, I'm not actually a Harry fan. okay, I'm seeing him later this year. We can admit it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you like him, though, but I'm just like, eh, so. I don't know why I said it so sad. I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It's a tough time to be a Harry Styles fan. Are you going to go see my policeman? (laughs) Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I would see him on late night shows, I know we're completely derailing. 
when I would see him on late night talk show hosts and he hosted SNL, I was like, this works. Like I could see him doing like a comedy role as his first big thing. I know he had a small role in Christopher Nolan's movie Dunkirk, but I was so shocked that he was cast in this humongous dramatic movie opposite of Florence Pugh. I'm like, that's a big undertaking. Are you are you sure? No. <laughs> and then he cast in another far. one. <laughs> I, like, so I was like, I liked his little teeny tiny role he had in Eternals, and, like, now he's going to reprise that as, like, that's great. Like, Eros, the god of love. Like, woohoo. Like, that's fun for him. I don't think, like, this crazy, deranged, like, guy in this movie that he plays has worked for his persona, Bad I casting. guess. I have a yeah. random thought that, do we think... And I don't want to drag on him too much because I love him. But, like, do we think his performance could have been improved if they, A, didn't take out as many horrific details for his character as there was in the original script, or, B, there was a different director that he was not fraternizing with? I just don't think he has the depth. Yeah, I don't want to be mean, but I just don't think he, like, you need to, this needs to be a nuanced performance, and he's just not that actor. I I, I also don't think the script offered him that much opportunity i mean i don't think he did a good job either way but like for most of the film his character is just like normal being like everything's great or like just screaming Mm -hmm. you know he should have been he should have been like the male in that new couple that comes in halfway through the movie that would have been that would have made so much more sense because one he still gets to like kind of be there he would have had a few lines but like his fans still could be like giddy about it but it's like yeah, that role just had so many dark layers to it that him being Harry Styles, you still see that, and then it takes you out of the movie or makes it less believable or less horrific, and it just makes you feel more ick about it. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. I was like, at, at some points when I was watching it, I was actually really nervous to see it. I was like, am I going to hate him after this? I don't, I already bought my tickets. I don't want to, <laughs> like, for the concert. <laughs> but, I don't think it's enough to hate. It's no, not enough to hate it's him, just, but but not his like, best performance. Everyone was like, it's, it's pretty bad. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to see it and see what happens. And I was like, okay, there's times where I was like, okay, okay, I could, I could see it being, like, this is nothing an actor wants to hear. I could see it being somewhat believable at this point. And then he did something like outrageous. And I'm like, really? My favorite, like I laughed out loud when after like Alice gets dragged away by the guys, he's in the car and he's like, fuck. Yeah, no, that was bad. They should have cut that. The scene Kate is talking about is the scene where uh, right after Alice asks Jack if they can run away together and he says, sure, but then she gets taken away for electroshock therapy and they zoom in on Jack, Harry Styles, in the car, screaming and crying and it like goes on too long and he's just not good at delivering that what what is is it supposed to be devastated is he supposed to be angry like he just it's just so bad and i really wish they cut that out of the movie for his sake we love you harry we love (laughs) you we didn't need to see that like it I don't know. Anyway, continuing on with the drama timeline. Um, in April 2022, Shia LaBeouf came forward saying he wasn't fired, but he quit due to a lack of rehearsal time that he tried to align with Florence Pugh. Um, and apparently there's no bad blood between them. And he even posted screenshots to prove it. Um, so after that, no one really knows what else between them was like the reason behind him leaving. But I think it was just a lack of lining up on their busy schedules at this time he was not um accused of sexual assault so now his schedule seems pretty open but we need to there we don't support men that do that especially at fk twigs um he also shared the, the now infamous video of olivia in her car 
I put in parentheses hazard because she's <laughs> recklessly driving. Um, <laughs> trying to convince him and kind of throwing shade at, quote, Miss Flo and said, quote, if she really commits and puts her mind and heart to it at this point, and also if you t- two guys can make peace, uh, she really didn't want to give up on the pairing between the two of them. And she respected both his point of view and hers. And that's basically what she said in the video in a nutshell. In August of this year, uh, Florence pushed back against the press that was surrounding the film, uh, especially after Olivia announced in her Vogue story that you don't, quote, you don't really get to see female pleasure, hunger, and desire, or that's, I'm kind of paraphrasing, in sex scenes. And Florence responded in her Harper Bazaar interview saying that when your performance get re- reduced to the sex scenes or having the most famous man in the world go down on someone, it's not why we do it. Um, and it's interesting because Flo has always been a big promoter for every single one of her movies. Uh, she always posts it on her social media. But for this, she posted very little besides the information uh, surrounding like her character in the drama. She did not want to be a part of it. OK, so should we like should we talk about this interview where Olivia Wilde? Ba- uh, hold on. I think I have the direct quote is something around the lines of no men come in this movie. It's only women coming in this movie, which is just like. Not true because all of these women are being assaulted. Like, right. yeah, is is it wrong? Wrong crowd. Charitable again. Charitable view to give to Olivia is that like again she's trying to make sure people don't know that there's a twist in this movie and that everything is normal. She, and so in those situations, she wants the audience to think these women are actually aroused and happy about the situations that they're in. I. I don't know. I don't know who's on her publicist team either, but clearly they didn't see the movie to, like, tell her to stop. Because it's just, like... I'm sorry. This is where I think I... I think I just have a problem with her that's, like, grown. It's just, like, she's such, like, a modern-day white feminist where I'm like, girl, you're just saying shit to sound profound, but then, like, back it up with something other than, like what's convenient to your own like demographic and bubble because again like if she wants it and have you seen the clip too of her like singing like like we love america like trump is not america everyone look it up because she looks like an insane bobblehead mark ruffalo is there because mark ruffalo's always tied to weird politicized (laughs) like fringe celebrity moments recently like he's two for two with uh um imagine but anywho i just feel like she like she's just recently especially with don't worry darling it's like and this is also where i go back to like this whole like i i get pissed thinking about the whole kiki lane of it all because i'm like why did you even cast her in it if one that was an original like you know it, it, it just seemed like she was being diverse to be like oh yeah you can't be mad at me like i did cast a black woman but then she dies within like the first 20 minutes with no real significance other than like it's to propel a white woman's story. And I just think that she's just a crock of poo. But sorry. <laughs> this is me turning angry. I'm going to stop now. You might We're need to cut some of that. We're almost at the end of the timeline, I promise. Yeah, just please cut some of that so I don't get in trouble. Because I do want to have a, a career in this industry. <laughs> I don't think you said anything wrong. I think people are sharing I, I a lot think of the emotions. You, you, yeah. you said what most people are saying yeah. on Twitter right now. Anyway, that's actually polite for what a lot of people are saying about this movie on Twitter. (laughs) 
Uh, so half of the drama is done. The other half happened uh, when the Venice Film Festival was occurring. And uh, it's important to note that Florence announced prior uh, to attending that she would not be doing any press, um, but any of the press junkets that all of the other uh, actors and actresses did. But she would be on the red carpet and she would go to the premiere. Uh, there's a lot of photos of their group picture together, and that's the only one where we can see the three in particular who have, quote, issues with each other, um, Harry, Olivia, and Florence. There's a buffer person, and I hate to call Gemma Chan, Chris Pine, <laughs> and any of the other actresses buffer people, but we know that that's what it was in between them, and there has no, been no picture with Olivia and Flo, no picture with Olivia and Harry, none with Flo and Harry. So I think that's interesting. I don't think that anyone was surprised by that uh detail but uh yeah she wasn't a part of any of the press junkets um unfortunately harry was because he said some of the most <laughs> bonkers Same. things ever and i'm like he's been media trained like since he was a teenager like that's another reason why i why i think he has such a good like stage presence and is a great performer uh he he knows how this works he yeah. knows how he knows how to be media trained, but clearly they didn't do a good job for this movie where he needed it the most, I think. He called it, it really It really feels like a movie when you, what does that mean? That it's, that you're watching it in a theater? What are you? <laughs> and also the other important uh, question that was asked during this was to Olivia Wilde and someone was saying, we noticed Florence isn't here. Um, is there anything you want to say to clear the air? And she said, I still don't know what she meant by this. Florence is a force. What is <laughs> Which I'm like, oh, oh, we've, we've been known, like we know that. But then known. she was like, we're really well, lucky to have her um, in her busy schedule to even be here tonight because she's filming for Dune. But were they filming for Dune? They yeah, are. they are. They're okay. filming I don't know Part if that was just now. a cop yeah, out but, like around the but same time. Then, but. but then there were videos of her there earlier in the day. Like, With an Aperol drinking. spritz. Oh, yeah. that was so <laughs> funny. That was such a serve. And then also too, her... Her makeup team had Miss Flo yes. shirts. Yeah. So that, that was incredible. We love that detail added to it. Um, yep. Uh, this is, and then obviously, I don't want to even drag it on too long, but the spit gate thing happened. Oh, we don't just talk about <laughs> spit gate. I looked up the shot by shot. He was moving his glasses that were in his lap, Chris Pine. So if you're unaware about Spitgate, people think Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine at Venice. He didn't. But the fact that we currently live in a society where Harry Styles people need to release a statement saying that he did not spit on another actor. What a time to be alive, my friends. I think that was. And then and then after uh, when he got back to New York to keep doing his Madison Square Garden oh, yeah. residence, he was like, hey, guys, I just popped over to Venice to like spit on Chris Pine. Now I'm back. <laughs> did he really? say that yeah, it was that's actually, so yeah. funny <laughs> he can take a joke so that's the one thing yeah. about harry is that he's not going to be like hiding after all these negative reviews he's just going to resume right. back to his normal day job well, yeah i mean since we're wrapping up the drama i really don't think like this people are talking about this right now this podcast will come out on wednesday of this week at I don't think this will be in the conversation by the end of the month, honestly. No, like, I don't know. I think we'll move. Because I'm maybe if so the tired. movie was good or interesting or asked a question that people could keep discussing, it would stay in the conversation. But at the end of the day, the movie is bad. I mean, this brings back to, uh, you know, the interview with that research institute that I was listening to where they said, you know, there was a two to one margin that people were more interested in the movie after all this drama came 
uh, out as opposed to less interested. But all these people that said that they're more interested in seeing the movie said they probably wouldn't go if the reviews were bad. And guess what? The reviews are awful. So something that was Um, interesting is my parent, my dad in particular was like, oh, I heard that movie was really good. A lot of, a lot, I'm sorry, the boomers, a lot of them were like, oh, I heard a lot about that movie, (laughs) but they never said good or bad. And I was like, I literally said what did you hear about it? And they're like, oh, I heard that Harry Styles is in it. Uh, and that a lot of people are talking. They didn't know anything, but they knew that it was a big deal. So I, I think that was the big takeaway. And they're happy about that, that that movie got press. And it did um, have like a, an impressive opening box office. Like it wasn't a it bomb. It did. I mean, yeah, it had a great first weekend. I think after this is going to, I mean, this weekend, Bros and Smile are both opening. Like it's going to, yeah. people are not going to see this movie yet. Beyond the first weekend, Truthy said she was going to see Smile opening night. No, absolutely not. I'm not <laughs> seeing that movie. Period. Scary. I will see I mean, it, um, but I think Barbarian will be better. Sorry, Barbarian. I, is I do want to. I do want to point out like the last bit of drama that's my personal favorite is like just the pictures of the memes of Chris Pine looking absolutely like disassociated <laughs> yes. at the press Forgot. junkies, and my favorite tweet just as a personal plug and shout out to Josh who's been on our podcast many times is there's one tweet that went viral that killed me where it was like Chris Pine at the don't worry darling like press junket and he looks like he wants to kill himself and then Chris Pine, like two weeks earlier at Comic Con, promoting Dungeons and Dragons, and he's like, "Woo!" He got his hands up in the air. He's like cheering. Um, and our friend Josh works on the Dungeons and Dragons movie. He works for the directors, so I mean, everyone go see that movie when it comes out. It's already March of twenty twenty three. I think it's twenty twenty three that Chris, like in the press junkets, Chris Pine and Gemma Chan, um, in particular, like didn't have any questions really asked they're so underutilized they were so underutilized in like every aspect of this movie and also the last bit that i have is that it got i love how they measure in standing ovation minutes (laughs) uh had a four i think it was four minute standing ovation and then uh florence Pugh simply left and the applause stopped and everyone also left so that was and then Oh, and then Harry Styles and and uh, Nick Kroll kiss on the lips, which they we do were all movie. like, what the fuck? But they do in the movie. That, that made me realize, oh, that's why they kissed at the Venice Film exactly. Festival. There was a lack of Nick Kroll. I, I like Nick Kroll as an, as an actor too. and a oh. person. And there was a lack of him in this movie. Another tweet that I really enjoyed was, maybe all this don't worry drama uh, is coming out so people don't ask why the hell Nick Kroll is in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, well, he I, put but... on a TikTok or something of him and his wife, and they were go- they re- um, arrived to the Venice Film Festival premiere for it. No, that was and everyone Sydney was Chandler. there. Was that that was with the baby bang girl? Oh, okay, sorry. In the car, yeah. But yeah, he was, sorry, there was another female in the car. I just assumed it was his wife. No. <laughs> um, they they were arriving there, and like everyone was just like, look. It was clearly they were clearly all there for Harry and or Florence or Olivia. But it was mainly like the fan his fans were there, and they were just looking to see him. And they're like, nope, not us. We're other people in the film, not us. We're not Harry. And it was it was just a really funny TikTok because they were inside the car. Yeah. Oh, I I think there. That's that's what's so unfortunate because like i can see where on one hand casting was going of casting people known for their comedy first and i think that would have lent to like setting that tone but then it got lost the plot got lost because yeah nick roll is known for comedy first kate berlant is comedy first this uh the guy who plays kate's husband and he has like only like three lines but he's a comedian um Mm -hmm. and then yes the only other person of color in the movie right 
Right. Um, well, and Gemma. Right. Oh, yeah. And then... Yeah. Um, Sorry, Gemma. <laughs> but then, Were you in the movie, though? <laughs> but, yeah, baby... Not really. Baby bang girl. Um, her name is Sydney Chandler. Fun fact. She is Kyle Chandler's daughter. So, she is an no episode child. So, if you like Friday Night Lights or um, the FBI agent from Wolf of Wall Street, Bloodline. that's his daughter. Love Coach Taylor. Well... It is almost House of the Dragon time, so unless anyone has any other thoughts, shall we wrap things up here? Yes. yes. I, I will say the best way to describe what we all felt about this movie is that uh, someone changed the title of our group chat leading up to this podcast to Incredibly Worried Darlings. <laughs> that was me. Absolutely. That was your thing. Um, all right, let's do a quick social roundup. Lexi, thanks for joining us. Do you want to repeat where folks can find you? Sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lexi, L-E-X-I, Shay, S-H-A-Y-E underscore. If you're into movie reviews, I also have a letterbox uh first name lexi and if you're in new york i have now a comedy show monthly called no paparazzi so check that out as well Haley, where can people find you on the internet you can find me on twitter and instagram both are at Haley mcglynn h-a-i-l-e-y-m-c-g-l-y-n-n also on letterbox at at brain smooth and i'm not gonna answer questions about why i'm called that <laughs> Kate, what are your info? My Twitter is at Kate underscore Wyatt. My letterbox, you'll never know because Michael said, <laughs> who's who's in Italy, by the way, right now. He said that if I shared my letterbox, he would just spit on me. Oh. Short and sweet. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Micromarate. You can find my letterbox. I'm at Truthy Marate. And then you can follow our podcast on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd. We are all at Chaos on the Set. There was a lot of chaos on the set. Oh, don't worry, darling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> truly, truly the prime chaos on the set. <laughs>